I've never seen myself as an artist, but I've always enjoyed creating music uh, of my own that I just enjoy and I love. That's not just hip hop. And uh, through that, I found out I love to sing as well. Uh, there's a lot of tracks that I sing on. So transitioning from producer to artist world now is very fun because I'm just creating endless possibilities. You are listening to Gavi's Testimony, a Musician's Story. Gavi, get him. I feel like Usain in the cheetah print. Talk fresh game, I don't need a minute. R.I.P. the game, shh, I need a minute. Lecrae, Trip Lee, Rima Soul, and Social Club. They all have one thing in common. Super producer Gavi. For years, he has produced bangers for top Christian artists. Fans would get excited every time they would hear Gavi get him as the opening credits on a track. On September 23, 1988, Gavi was born in Bronx, New York. He, his parents, and older sister later moved to Fort Lauderdale, where he was raised. Not only did he grow up in a Christian household, but his father was a pastor and his mom helped out with pastoral duties as well. Okay, let's proceed with it. I'm in the house, got to deal with it. These bozos always sneak this and they take shots. I'm a king with it. Like, no, no, this league business. Who you really know? I've been moving under alls. Yeah, my connect is way up. I don't keep it on the low. So tell my fam I be okay. I sleep right where that reaper play. Even if I DOA, I wake up and I see glory. Excuse my friends, she will play. Ain't no bench, we don't play. You might catch me on the A and the verse like salt. We were there every single day, and it was just tiring. You know, as a young kid, you just want to have fun. <laughs> so you find you fun at church somehow. So yeah, that was that was a lot of my life in the beginning, just being at church 24-7. And getting to see a lot of the ins and outs of how a church is run, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Although Gavi was raised in the church, he didn't discover Christ for himself until he was in high school. You know, high school is that time where you're really trying to figure out identity, getting validation from people. And um, I was lucky to be at this youth group uh, that um, a guy named Pastor John Hernandez, he uh, he led a, a youth group that was like 300 students regularly. And I was just blown away at these numbers at that time where I was, it was just not, not heard of, especially in South Florida. And um, I started going there. It was a church that uh, I didn't grow up in. So high school, I kind of just shifted off into my own my own thing. It was Wednesday nights and stuff, and um, I was so attracted to everything as far as the production, the music. There were students that looked like me, but then when I heard the message from uh, this guy named Pastor John, it just blew me away. He literally said John three sixteen in a way that I've never heard it, and I've heard it so many times, especially growing up in church. It's something you memorize. You know, it's one of the most famous verses. But the way he broke down the gospel was just something so mind-blowing to me that uh, it just made me want to keep on going to that church and hear what he's talking about. So faith kind of actually started becoming my own. It literally dictated, hey, is this the moment that you really want to make Christianity your own? So just I started attending that church a lot more than uh, my actual home church that I was at with my parents. And, um, you know, I started learning what discipleship was. I started learning what community is. Uh, I started learning how to study my Bible. It was wild because I didn't even know who Paul was in the Bible. 
So there's just a lot of things that it was just like a moment. It was like, oh, I get this on my own now. Yeah, so at high school, uh, my dad wasn't a pastor anymore. So it, it made it really easy to transition uh, into a different church. Uh, like if I'm not disowning my parents. <laughs> and my parents were totally supportive of that. As long as I was in the church, my parents were always like, hey, yeah, you like this youth group? Cool. And they checked it out with me and they're like, this is phenomenal. Yes. And they even started going to that church shortly after when I started uh, junior year, getting into my senior year. The church is also where he discovered his natural talent for music. That turned into a love for creating music. Growing up in church, you know, you find all these things to do, and sometimes you get in trouble doing all these random stuff. And um, there were times where I would just see the keyboard and the drums, and I would just go and touch them and pretend I could play. But doing doing that, through that, I was able to fall in love with music, and I wanted to ask a lot of questions to the band members there. So they started putting me on keys to, like, teaching me, and eventually my mom was like, I see something that's sparking in you. Let me buy you a piano. So she bought me a piano probably when I was like nine or 10. And um, ever since that moment, I just fell in love with music. So I was just always, always playing the piano, always trying to play the drums. And then I was always surrounding myself with dudes that were in the music world, uh, whether it was, you know, worship team members at a church or guys I knew at school that were just doing rap music. I was just always surrounding myself with music. And I just knew it was something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Not only did Gavi meet Christ in high school, but he also became best pals with a goofy kid named Martin. Martin is now Marty, half of the Christian hip-hop duo Social Club. We were in a debate class together. That's kind of how we met. We were just the class clowns, and we actually realized, you know, sometimes class class clowns, they clash, and they're like, no, I'm the funnier guy. We actually started doing it together, and we just became good friends. Uh, even got to the point where, like, we would just do, do the most wildest things there. Like, I would cut people's hair in the back of the classroom while he would distract the teacher so that we could have lunch money for the day or something. Like, it was just... It was crazy. And um, through that, I invited him to that church that I told you about uh, during high school years. And uh, he also had kind of the same story. He grew up in a Christian household. But going to that church, uh, I, I think he could say the same. Like, that was the actual moment where he made faith his own. And at that time, him and I, we loved hip-hop. We would talk about hip-hop together all the time. And we would play around, and we, we would write rap songs and battle each other, or we'll just rap it to, to some beats. And um, I remember I would start making beats and trying to be like, hey, why don't we rap on this? Or let's see if, I don't know, just all these type of things that we would do, especially in the lunch time, we'd have all these outbeat on the table and he would start rapping. It was cool. It was good high school year. <laughs>
Javi is currently on the Misadventures Tour with Social Club. If you like to hear the Social Club episodes that Testimony Musician Story produced, you can use our search engine at testimonystories.com to listen. So before the world knew him as mega producer Gabi, he was just a young producer named G Styles who made hits for the internationally recognized group Rima Soul. Yeah, Rima Soul went to that church. Uh, they were uh, student leaders over there. Christian Life Center. They had this thing. It's like a small group for students in different locations. And I ended up being in the location where Rima Soul would do a small group. And I started attending them. And through that, you know, they found they found out the love I had for music. I found out what they're doing as Rima Soul. And um, one thing led to another. They became like big brothers and sisters to me where I was just at the house almost every single day. And that's another thing. That's another part of the community. They were able to show me what, you know, their marriage was like because Kanata and Butter P, they're married and they're part of the group. It was just awesome at that moment to just be part of Raymond Soul and producing for them. That kind of started off my career in the music business. Okay. So Gavi hasn't even graduated from high school yet. And already he has name-dropped Marty of Social Club and Rima Soul. Who else could he possibly meet that could launch his producing career even further? Let's say this is probably junior year. I'm producing a lot for a lot of people in South Florida in the Christian hip-hop industry. Uh, and Rima Soul is blowing up in South Florida. So then I'm I'm really invested into this Christian hip-hop thing, but I'm still like, you know, a rookie, just trying to get my feet wet. And my friend shows me this music video of uh, Lecrae. I think it was called uh, Jesus Music. And I was just blown away at, you know, the quality of the video, the way the song sounded. It was really dope at the time, too, with the, how music was, you know, being run. And I just wanted to get in contact with this guy. So every time he did a show in South Florida, I made sure I went. And there's three shows that I went to that I was able to sneak behind and uh, go backstage and get Lecrae a CD of mine of just beats. But by the third time that I went back there uh, and I gave him my CD, he looked at me and he was like, oh my gosh, I've been trying to get in contact with you. Every time you give me a CD, you never leave your contact information. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, I'm an idiot. And um, yeah, so that sparked off a conversation. At that time, Reach Records was located in Memphis. So he was like, hey, I want to fly you out to Memphis. I want you to meet some of the guys. And I want to see what could happen if uh, we do some music together. And then ever since that moment, uh, when they flew me out, I got to work on the Craze Rebel album. I did like almost eight. Yeah, I did like eight tracks on there. Then I worked that same year on Tripoli's record 2020. Uh, I did like seven songs on there, then Chidashi's. And it was just a, a, a ripple effect where I was like, wow, I'm really invested here. And they really believed in uh, my dream and my craft. So ever since that moment, uh, I've just been family with Reach Records and haven't left their side. Gavi did leave the side of Reach Records and Lecrae. You know, Lecrae, who is arguably the biggest Christian rapper in the world, to work with the biggest producer in the world, Rodney Jerkins. Well, one of the biggest producers. This was also a dark period in his life, a season where he was distant from God and community and embraced the nightlife and the sex and alcohol that came with it. Don't you want 
I was about 22. And uh, like a lot of people that are trying to run after their dreams, you go to LA and you that's where all dreams are, are made true <laughs> in the industry. And, um, you know, that's what I did. I went out there. But personally, at that time, uh, that was a really hard season in my life where I was just going through a lot of depression. A lot of things were off with me. I, I ran away from God. I didn't want to know about him. I thought I could figure out life on my own. My parents divorced at that time already, too. So there was a lot going on in my life. So when I went to L.A., it was just me with a lot of emotions, trying to run after this dream on my own, not even thinking about, you know, reach records or any of the guys. And um, I'm literally starving, too, over there. I'm, like, trying to get quarters every single day just to get a sandwich from McDonald's uh, once a day. So I was dirt poor. And Rodney Jerkins gets in contact with me through Lecrae. He heard some of the stuff I produced for Lecrae. And he was like, hey, come by the studio. I want to get to know you. So I went to the studio. You know, these words I'll never forget from Rodney. He goes, I need more guys like you around me, guys that are talented but also are Christians and believers. And uh, I remember that day like it was yesterday. You know, in my head, I'm looking at him. I'm like, you have no idea what's going on in my life. But yeah, I could I could play the Christian role for you. <laughs> so I take the job and um, he gave me a room at a studio to produce. And it was just mind blowing just to be in his, his presence while he's creating. You know, if you know anything about Rodney Jerkins, he's created some of the biggest hits for like Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, you know, Justin Bieber, Sierra, Beyonce, just the list goes on. And to be in that room uh, with just a straight hip-hop background, but still loving pop music, I'm trying to learn how to do pop music. You know, I'm learning from this guy, the king of pop. So those were great years. I think I stayed there for like two years while I was at Lonnie Jerkin's studio, just creating and getting to meet people. I got to meet a whole bunch of celebrities because this studio just had so much traffic. Um, from Lonnie Jerkin's studio time, God really worked on my life throughout those two years, especially me just being like, all right, I hit rock bottom. You know, I started praying a lot more. I started getting uh, invested in local churches a lot more. And then dudes that from the church really invested a lot into me, which was amazing. And uh, it really was a life-changing moment within those two years, spiritually, health-wise, and then, you know, talent-wise, I was learning from Ronnie Jerkins. And then within those two years, too, uh, I met my wife and Kylie, and we started dating. And, you know, I just started putting on my big boy pants, let's say that, <laughs> you know, getting closer to 25, you know, I got to get my life together. And um, I, I started talking with uh, the CEO from Reach Records, Ben, just talking about how, how is Reach Records, laughing about memories, talking about what's going on music-wise, showing him music that I'm making great conversations and then uh you know he kind of said would you ever come to atlanta and at that time they're located in atlanta and i said i atlanta doesn't even like i've never even thought of going to atlanta you're talking about dudes born in new york raised in south florida with tropical weather beautiful beaches and you go to cali la life beautiful beach weather then you go to atlanta and it's just a different world for me that i've never been part of but god spoke and you know, Ben, he offered an opportunity where I could be an in-house producer, first time ever doing a pub deal. And I said yes, uh, and I got married. And then I moved there 
probably in 2013. Yeah, wow, time is flying. 2013, I moved to Atlanta. I joined Reach Records officially. Gavi became the in-house producer for Reach Records, which eventually led him to becoming an official Reach Records artist. Break my heart tonight. Tell me what you feel. As I'm producing at Reach Records around, you know, the beginning of Music Producer Only, 2013, uh, I'm creating all these great songs, doing a lot, Anomaly, doing Triple Rise album. And then um, I'm also producing pop music on the side because I have such a huge passion for EDM stuff. And, um, you know, Ben Washer, the CEO, he's hearing it and he's like, this is amazing stuff. What is it for? And I'm like, I'm just creating it. And he's like, well, keep on creating it. I want to hear more. And um, at that time, you know, EDM is huge. You have Maureen Garrix, Calvin Harris. Uh, a lot of these producers' faces are becoming the forefront face now of just being the artist instead of just being the background. Even DJ Mustard at that time, you know, he's just a producer, but it was just Mustard on the beat everywhere. Uh, you just saw his face. You know, these people were becoming the artists. So I kind of started seeing, maybe I could do this, and maybe I could be an artist. So... Ben and I, we started talking, we started showing music, and then uh, it turned out to be uh, that I signed a deal with them to be an artist, and um, I just, I've just i never seen myself as an artist, but I've always enjoyed creating music uh, of my own that I just enjoy and I love that's not just hip-hop, and uh, through that, I found that I love to sing as well, so like on this new album, We Belong, you'll hear me singing a lot more on rock and roll, you hear me there, uh, Never uh, Never Fails. My, my song that I wrote for my daughter, Gianna. Uh, there's a lot of tracks that I sing on. And um, yeah, so transitioning from producer to artist world now is very fun because I'm just creating endless possibilities. Uh, I get very inspired by like guys like Pharrell and Kanye West where they're able to do whatever they want. Pharrell could sing on a song. He could just produce a song. He can go from... One of the most hooded songs, uh, clips grimy, and then go to a different market and just create the song happy. And it's two bipolar opposites. And uh, that's what I want to be. I want to be a creator. I want to be known as Gavi, uh, not just a trap producer or the producer. I want people to know, hey, there's endless possibilities because we are made by a creator that designed this whole world. And um, I just want to make uh, great music. In 2016, Gavi released two EPs as an artist, Lost in Hue and Holding Hue. Holding Hue hit number two on Billboard Dance and Electronic Charts and has around 2.5 million Spotify streams. Recently, he debuted his LP, We Belong. Tell me if things gonna get better, yeah. Maybe if we learn to love ourselves, we'll see. In the shadows there is beauty. Just let the change begin. Even when the 
super energetic and fun and then hits a lot of emotions as well. It's definitely a Christian album, without a doubt. You can't even question that when you hear it. But it's outside the boundaries of a lot of Christian music uh, that you hear on a regular basis, which is exciting for me. You know, I always tell people I want to be part of this shift in culture that's going on in the Christian industry and also within the main industry. Uh, there's a lot of amazing people doing great music right now that is just shifting culture sonically. And uh, I want to ride that wave. I want to be part of it. Um, and I want to bring a message with it. You know, I want people to know, one, even though I'm on a Reach Records hip-hop label, you know, the whole label and I, we totally agree. I still belong part of this 116 movement. And it's bigger than just hip-hop. It's, it's, it's just bringing this message to the world in any way, any form or shape. And um, two, the album is very diverse. You hear, I'll, I'll sing in Spanish, you'll hear different sounds of the world on the, on the album. And I want people to feel like when they go to my concerts, it's all different faces. I want them to feel like they belong in that room, even though there's different cultures and different backgrounds and stories. I want people to see a picture of heaven or what it's going to be like, because it's not just going to be a bunch of Latinos there. It's not going to be just a bunch of African-Americans or Russians, whatever it may be. It's going to be a whole room just full of culture and diversity. And uh, I want people to feel like they belong part of that. I want people to feel like they belong part of that big picture of God. Thank you for listening to Testimony, a musician's story. To hear this episode again, as well as past episodes, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. <laughs>